Don't you find it interesting when acronyms become pronounced as words? Is it a GIF or a GIF? Oh, always a GIF. It is it's always a G. A it's a it's a G. <laughs> G G GIF G G GIF, like the word gift <laughs> yeah. without the T. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and together with my co-host Lindsay from lindsaydoeslanguages.com, we talk about all the interesting things from the world of learning another language. Gosh, I have many ways of saying this intro. <laughs> Hello, Lindsay. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Since I've seen you on Saturday, I feel like my illness has finally subsided and I'm sort of slowly getting my energy back. So I recorded an episode Yay. of the show yesterday and I just... I, I feel like I sounded about three times as fast and as energetic as I normally did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so we went to London. We did. Yes, to the language show. What did you think of the language show this year? It was good. I didn't go last year, but heard lots of like mixed reviews. So uh, it was nice to, to go back and to see it in a in the same place as it always was from from what I knew of the event. Um, I think last year it was somewhere different. But yeah, it was good fun. It was mm. good fun. They tried to make one in Scotland for a little bit, didn't they? Yeah, I don't think that's happening anymore. But yeah, the one in London I think is at the moment, by the looks of it, at least here to stay. Yes, yes. It was very enjoyable. I don't think I could name a different highlight than the EU interpreting booth. That was fantastic. Mm. Oh, my gosh. It was so difficult. So, uh, listeners, in case you haven't heard of the language show before, it's a, it's a language learning event, but it's quite an industry event. Bit, how would you describe it, Lindsay? It's more like an expo. So, like, if you've ever been to something like the Polyglot Gathering, this is very different because it's more sort of expo-based. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like a trade show or something. Yeah. So you sort of, you have, um, you kind of walk in and there's a lot of different stands. There is still entertainment. There are, there, this time I think there were four different stages just in the middle among the stands with um, presentations running all day long. But the heart of the language show seems to be this these stands. And the stands tend to be... Well, it's, it's sort of a mixture. It's aimed at the main yeah. audience. To me, it always feels like it's aimed at school teachers mostly. Yeah, there's some stuff for teachers, some stuff for recent language graduates, maybe people who mm. are just about to go to university and want to study languages. There's stuff for people looking for work in languages as well. And then just lots of stuff in general for language learners like you and me. Mm, yes, and it's so fun to just see everything that's going on. You have these big, big sets of shelves where you can just wander around and have a look and really touch and feel all these different language learning books, textbooks, course books uh, for your school classes and easy readers. And this year, Teach Yourself had a stand because they've really 
refreshed and stepped up their language game I feel that's been that's been a really interesting thing to watch and it was a great stand to sort of go and meet them and see what they've got on offer the and then every year the European Union obviously uh, a huge European employer runs a stand and the European Union had they set up their own interpreting booth so that you could you could literally you could go in and they would run a video and you had headphones on you heard what the person was saying and it was your job to a, a microphone right in front of you to interpret into a different language what that person was saying simultaneously. And I don't think I've ever done that before. I've done consecutive interpreting, but never simultaneous. Mm. It was... I didn't have a go, so it was good. <laughs> yeah, you, you elegantly sidestuffed it. It would have been, it would have been interesting to compare um, our experiences, actually. I know Rebecca from Irregular Endings, who was visiting all the way from Australia, she had a go. I think she did... Did she do Italian to English? I think so, yeah. Yes, Gareth Popkins did. He we, and, and he made a little video, so I'm going to have to make a note. And in the show notes, I'll put in Gareth's video blog from the language show so you can kind of see what it's like and not just hear us talking about it. I think he went from German to English and I went from English into my native language, German. And I thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very good at both languages, but the challenge is there's there's a, there's a challenge in itself in listening and speaking at the same time and still trying to pick up what the other person is saying and then also phrasing it at the same time into into something that makes sense it's a huge mm. it's a huge kind of cognitive load it really it really just it feels like your head is firing on all cylinders it was such a such a fun and interesting experience so thank you so much to to the EU, <laughs> you know, the, the European Commission, the European Language Service, Linguistic Service. They've got so many different institutions. So thank them so much for for bringing that out there. Did you have any other favourites? Anything that caught your eye? Um, I think that was it. <laughs> After school clubs, right? Lots of yeah, yeah, lots of stuff. Yes, definitely. And uh, very disappointing that they didn't have any proper coffee. So that might have been the one. I heard a lot of people complaining that the coffee wasn't good. So all round, what a wonderful event. And Lindsay, Rebecca from Irregular Endings, Michelle from the Intrepid Guide, and I organized a meetup in the pub after the language show. So if you were there, hello to you. And that was, it was fantastic. What a great experience, sort of to sit down, chill out and talk languages. And we had a good amount of people there. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Mm. Did you find anybody else who's learning Guarani? Yes. So someone called Claire came in and said, oh, oh, I've studied some Guarani <laughs> and had also um, visited Paraguay for a few days as well. So that was quite exciting to sit and have a chat with her about that. Wow, that's unusual, but yeah, only in London, right? Yeah, of course. Mm, and I met Mandy. It was really, really fun to chat to her. We chatted about being two Germans from two different sides of Germany and both sort of having been not quite little kids, but sort of kids when, when the German wall came down and her she was talking about her experience of childhood and, and I was comparing it and, and we we found we don't really have that much in terms of childhood memories in common media wise. And that was really, really interesting to just consider 
Even being a German is not the same as being a German. <laughs> so, how's your language learning been going? Are you still doing 20 minutes every morning? Yeah, like 2020. 2020. 2020. <laughs> still running. Trademark. Registered oh. trademark. No, it's not really. Um, yeah, it's still good. I love it. All right, so you're still on with your morning routine. I've been, I've been really good with Scoop. With my book that I've been reading. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've done 30 pages in the last, like, week. Nice. Yes, yeah. My goal was to go from page 100 to 150 in November, and I think I might make it. It's sort of getting to the point where the story is beginning to speed up and wrap up, and you kind of want to know what happens next. And it's, I feel like my reading has actually improved over the course of reading this book. Well, maybe cool. I, maybe that's really I, good. Yeah, maybe I've just learned to ignore more things that I don't understand. But no, I do feel like I understand everything, and um, just yeah. generally, I'm so much. I'm able to to decipher all the different structures much much more. So that's watch for you. And something that I have also been doing, although unfortunately not with our sponsor, but I've been taking once again live lessons because it's sort of over the time of October and traveling a little bit I kind of put that a little bit to one side because there just wasn't the time for it and I'm back I'm back with the I'm back with my online teacher so I'm having Welsh conversations and I'm saying to her oh I want to practice this I want to practice that and it's just really it's reminded me how it reminded me of how far I still have to go. I think I was feeling quite confident after speeding up on my reading and feeling really good. And then I was talking and I realized, oh, I don't talk how I read. No. So there's still so, so much way to go. And online lessons is also the topic of our sponsor. So let me just mention to you readers, our sponsor for episode 114 of The Fluent Show, which is Live Lingua. And Live Lingua offer exactly that experience I just described, an online language lesson. Most of their lessons run via Skype. Their instructors are all native speakers of the language they teach and they work with you one-on-one. And Lindsay, you and I both know the value of of doing that, you know, putting yourself in that environment where where you're with a tutor and you've got basically nowhere to hide. Mm, Very, very helpful. Yes, yes. And they... LiveLingua range includes 11 languages. So for you, there's probably something in there. I think they've got Korean. How's it, yeah, how's it going with Korean? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah, see, time for a tutor. <laughs> and you could, <laughs> you could get a free lesson. So LiveLingua is inviting listeners of the Fluent Podcast, and I think it extends to co-hosts of the Fluent Show as well, to check out Ooh. their platform. <laughs> yes. You can sign up for a free trial lesson and that lesson can be today, that lesson can be next week and they'll just sort it out with you, with your native speaking tutor at livelingua.com slash fluent. The method is convenient, it's productive, it's tested, I tried it out, I'm very happy with it. The prices are fair to you and fair to the tutor, so it's all kind of working how it should and you can visit it at livelingua.com slash fluent. And if you heard last week, the episode, I mentioned the Live Lingua project. So that's the other side of Live Lingua. Even if you don't want to straight away try that free lesson, if you just want to have a look around, have a look at the Live Lingua project. And they've got courses upon courses upon courses from the 
Peace Corps from the FSI and from the DLI that they're hosting and maintaining. It's all there for you. You can access it all through livelingual.com slash fluent. And Lindsay, did you say there was a Guarani course on there as well? There is from the Peace Corps, yeah. Mm, is it one of those like scans of typed yeah. pages? Yeah, so it's, it's not too bad. It it kind of, the, you know, the words sort of fade a little bit the further along you get in the course, but it's a good place to start. Oh my God, I love it. It's so... You know, a retro, solid. I, I like I like that kind of feel. Yeah. Yeah, love a good book feeling. And while we're talking about the feeling of retro and tradition, let me move on to, this is a very tedious look, um, let me move on to our topic for the episode. And this week, well, this week is, we kicked this week off, really. And listeners, we want to bring you into the mood for award season and not just any award season it is word award season because this week the first words of the year were released and then Lindsay do you normally pay attention to the word of the year yeah I think because there are so many different ones that come up it is literally whichever one pops up and you think oh okay I can see that choice and then another one will come up the next week and you're like oh wait a minute, we already had a word of the year. But yeah, they, they do the ones that kind of make the news. I do sort of pay a bit of attention to. Yes, we've got, I mean, we've only got today for the show a, a what feels to me like a relatively small selection of all the words of the year that are available in the world. And I've got one, two, two, two American ones, three, practically three British ones. I've got some Australian ones. Germany is right in there. Apparently, they started the whole racket in the 1970s. And they've got a word, an unword, and a youth word. So we'll talk about that. I've got words for France, words for Portugal, words for Japan. It's it's just words, 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 words. So what do you make of the, the power of a word to sum up a whole year or the power of an expression? You know, I think what's been really interesting about sort of researching this topic is when you look back at the lists, especially the ones, you know, especially the British English ones, I guess you could say, um, you can really see like points in history and culture and things changing. And I think that that is, you know, evidence of the power of a word that just as you look through a list of words connected to a year, it can like conjure up these memories of like oh yeah that's when that happened at that particular time and this was also going on and this song was big and blah 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 and I was living here and that you know what I mean so I think that yeah there is a lot of of power in a word it can it can be quite I think that the, the you know like the fewer words you have sometimes the more impact you can have so when you have like word of the year and it's one word that can that makes that word so much more impactful I think then Mm, interesting. I, I felt the same way. There's sort of something to, something to reducing something to a word, where it's it just captures like who we were at that time and what we were thinking about. Exactly. And yeah. it's like a summary of all the conversations, or like the conversations that we kept having again and again and again in one year, and they sort of get summed up. And that makes sense because many of the dictionaries and I think maybe we'll start with the ones who've just released their words of the year for 2018 early 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 like we're in November now and listeners we will make you aware there's so much to look out for in the coming months so you're going to be going to walk out of here 
walk out of here. <laughs> you'd virtually walk away from this podcast <laughs> primed. You know, you're going to be looking out for these. And with many of the dictionary companies, the way that the words of the year were selected, I found really interesting because they said, well, we just look at, we look at what people search for. Like we look at data. We look at sort of our data that we get from what people are typing into our dictionary searches. And we also look at how words are used over the year, like how what maybe what people are tweeting and so on. And then we take into account the feelings about them and how it sums up the year. So it really is about like that internet search is a big, big part of this. And I'm kind of wondering how did people do it before we had we had all this data? Yeah, I mean there couldn't have been the same almost accuracy, I guess, mm-hmm. sort of before, you know, late 90s, 2000s. But a lot of these lists seem to begin in the noughties. So I guess that's uh, sort of explains, you know, how easy it then became to sort of collect all this data and these linguistic corpuses and everything like that. So yeah, it is, it is interesting. I think now it's very easy to get quite a, a broad spectrum yeah. and still see which words are, are, are sort of dominating across across quite a wide variety of, of you know, people and culture and places. Yes. Um, obviously using the same language. Obviously, obviously. And I do, I did find in the, the entry for the, the German word of the year, which is um, curated, it's, it's not like popular selection, it's not just based on searches, but that's how they kind of get their shortlist. And I think a lot of the dictionary companies, this is how they get their shortlist. And they might also look at mm. what's new in the dictionary, because you know how we're always adding words to the dictionary, and there's always a news article saying, this word's been added to the dictionary, this word's been added, and I don't even know what it is this year. Yeah. And you know what is interesting is that when that happens, it's often quite negatively reported, I think. It's often like, can you believe it? You know, I don't know, let me think. Um, binge watch has been added to the dictionary. Ugh, God, what society we live in. It's always quite negatively reported when new words seem to be added. It's always like, ugh, what a reflection on our terrible society. But I don't think that's really true. I think it's, it's a true reflection on society. You know, if a word is in use, then, it's 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 needed, right? Absolutely. And it, it just shows how society is changing and it shows how language mm. is changing. So they've got, I've just looked at what Merriam-Webster, you know, the American Dictionary Company, what they have added. And they've added uh-huh. 850 words. And people always also say like, oh, language is being eroded. There's that many words. But about as many words, if not more, as we add, also go out of fashion and just don't really get used anymore. So this year we have got cryptocurrency and we need mm. that word, right? For, for the world of 2018, we need the word cryptocurrency. Yeah. And they've also added Harissa. Harissa? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It's a food thing. Oh, really? Okay. That Surely that was in the dictionary before. It's a spicy, spicy yeah. paste. I know. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, how can that not be in the dictionary? How weird. And apparently glamping is now in the dictionary. And I would have also thought, well, that's that's already been... That's old. Yeah. Old word of the year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one that I feel is very... Um, feels really relevant to 2018 world. Self-care. That didn't used to be a word. Mm. And now it totally is, right? Yeah, I guess. 
I mean, we had the word self, we had the word care, but nobody used self-care. I, I guess it's it's not just... But did did it exist, did it but exist? just not as many people used it? Do you know what I mean? Like, because I can, it seems like it should be a word. You can see it. It makes sense as a word of those two bits put together. Is it just that it's now become quite popular? It's going through a phase, a bit like vegan. Vegan is one that's, I mean, since we've come home, oh my goodness, there's like 17 vegan options on a menu. Mm. We've had a year of like struggling to see through the meat on a a menu. And I was like, whoosh, all of a sudden it's like a trend. And then this word that has existed for years and years and years is now in popular kind of everyday use. Maybe it's that with with self-care as well, perhaps. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I feel like I never heard self-care before. Like, you know, like like 10 years mm. ago, you you could have said the word vegan. I would have known exactly what a vegan is. But yeah. if you just said self-care to me 10 years ago, I would have gone like, a what? And to be honest, I still don't quite know what self-care is I supposed mean, to be. Some people say it's like meditating and some people say it's taking a bath. And yeah, but surely that's just looking after yourself, like common sense, right? Yeah, it's I mean, meaning wise, it's it's obvious enough to figure out what it's supposed to sort of mean. But yeah, but I mean, the word existing, like we're saying, it's like a reflection on society. So the word self care suddenly coming into common use is a reflection on society of people almost needing the reminder to do these things that should be just normal like like you say just to take a minute to chill out have a bath relax put your phone on on do not disturb those kind of things you know we need these reminders now in our modern society perhaps and that's why the word has now become such a force Mm, yes yeah and that that just goes to show that like i'm still surprised like i'm still sitting here surprised that that is a new word in the dictionary as opposed to something like a word of the year but i guess to to be a word of the year it needs even more uh, i don't know it needs to be even more resonant so let's have a look at these words of the year i guess and and see how we're feeling so okay. sh- shall we start with the british ones because they've just been released go for it mm, so hot off the presses the 2018 so in the uk we found the two dictionary companies who both go through their own word of the year process. And the first one, and I think the first ones to release, the first ones to throw down were Collins Dictionary. And Collins Dictionary named as their word of the year, another word with with a dash in the middle, single use. Do you know what single use means? Yeah. So like single use plastic, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And yes, and, this and, surprised me. Hmm. It didn't. It didn't surprise me in the sense that I have heard it this year. This year, there's been so much debate about, particularly in the UK, about like straws. There's been this huge thing about plastic straws and plastic. And I wonder if this all happened. That the main debate about it was before, maybe just before you came back. I think so, yeah, because mm. I just kind of saw bits of like straws are being banned and thought, oh, okay. You know, I missed all the conversation about it perhaps. And I missed, I think, the Blue Planet with, um, was it Blue Planet 2 that yeah. was released with David Attenborough? I think that was quite a big deal, right? Yes. It, and it In felt, terms of plastic. I mean, it, I, I had to, not that I'm cynical about, uh, you know, avoiding avoiding or recycling or, or, or just thinking critically about how much plastic you use. That's absolutely 
um, a, a correct and important way of thinking. But it just suddenly became, it felt like it suddenly became a thing that everybody cared about and everybody jumped on. And it was one of those, mm. one of those conversations that's very quickly from not, right. from not care it just switched on and it, and and the fact that I, a tv program showing like a sad bird can make everybody just jump on an issue like that i don't know whether i don't know how i feel about that i think that i i saw recently so like you know at christmas when you get the christmas drinks in starbucks and costa etc I saw a lot of criticism over like Costa saying, here are our Christmas cup designs and people saying, yeah, but they're single use. You should be promoting people to come and bring in their own, you know, multi-use cups. And it was, and that was really interesting because that I'd never seen before. So maybe, yeah, maybe I kind of missed the build up to this one, mm. which is why it suddenly feels quite sudden. But I think it's really interesting that, you know, maybe we're at a point where we we've given up on the news. I mean, I'm looking at the last two from uh, from the Collins word of the year, Brexit 2016, fake news 2017. Maybe now we've thought, well, <laughs> that's just gonna. The news is just gonna do its own thing. <laughs> what what can we try and and, t- and take a bit of uh, of control over? Where we can, you know, control our own use of plastic. Yes, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what's happened. And, and that's that's a really interesting point because we can we can take control and and I think that was that was a big part of why this became so popular so quickly. It's that um, you can do a relatively small thing and feel like you're having a big impact. And I think we have been we maybe we have been missing this, you know, in in recent years. So what an it, that's quite insightful. I think that I think there's something mm-hmm. to be said. Also, you just used the word multi-use. And I don't think I've heard many people say multi-use. So maybe with single-use also comes multi-use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multi-use should be word of the year next year. Yeah, reusable, true. Reusable would be the normal word that you would use. But yeah, I didn't even think about it. I just used multi-use because I was just thinking, what's the opposite to single-use? And I didn't think reusable. Yeah, multi-use. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've just made up a word, Kirsten. When you see it, 2019... (laughs) Credit, Lindsay Williams. Let's let's tell Colin. What, what's about the it. date today? November twenty eighteen. Credit <laughs> to me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I this is the origin. About, I know. I recently listened. I don't know why. I listened to an older version of the podcast, an older episode. I think I listened to um, one of our one of our European native languages episodes. I think. Don't tell me we created another word of the year from previous years. No, no, years. no. But there was a whole oh. there was a whole thing where we were talking about Latin. The Latin, do you remember Latin music? Yeah. Yes. And there was a thing that you were, you were saying, oh, the Latin, not the Latin wave, but like the Latin trend or something. And you, you had a word for it and you were like, I'm claiming copyright for this word. You heard it here first. Was it post Despacito world? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That'll be in the shortlist, I think, for 2019. I know. There should for be sure. Lindsay's words of the year. Of my own. Just, just my own list. <laughs> no one else is using it. Just me. <laughs> So yeah, Lindsay Words of the Year 2016 was post Despacito World. It was 2017. <laughs> and then 2018 is going to be multi-use. <laughs> yep. So have you seen Done. the shortlist for the Collins Words? Do you want me to read you a few words from the shortlist? Yeah. Yeah, go on. And something you will notice, or something that I think is, is really evident for me in this list, is it's it's super British. Like it so represents the British world. Again, it's the, this word summing up what mm. we were talking about. Okay, so a few of them are 
uh, gaslight. Yeah, I, I, yeah, this word confuses me. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Yeah, I remember, like, I, th- I think I tried to explain it to, to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then some. I've had multiple people have said, what does it really mean? And then people try and explain it to me, and then I'm like, okay, I think I've got it. And then it just doesn't – I think it's because I can't connect – the, mm. the term, like those, those, that word, gas, light, to yes. the meaning. So yeah, it confuses me. It's yeah, the, the term has got nothing but to do because for ages I also thought like, is it something to do about how you light up a gas lamp or something? But it's a, it's a reference also to a from play. watching Blue Planet. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have gas lights. We need to have LEDs. And <laughs> think of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> so gaslight dictionary definition to attempt to manipulate a person by continually presenting them with false intimate information until they doubt their sanity i would not okay. know how to translate this word into for example german gaslighten gas yeah gaslighten gas gasleuchten <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't know how oh, you would do that far off. <laughs> okay here is another one that i really like okay var V A R is that an acronym? Yes, V A R is an acronym. And if I tell virtual, you what, it, what it's it, for, oh, oh, I know. Is it virtual augmented reality? N- no. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's video assistant referee. Oh, really? I feel like that's about two years ago. Well, but it Surely. became really, really relevant because this is the year they first used it at the football World Cup, which England cares about a lot. Yeah, we do care. We do care, and we were doing so well. Yeah, exactly. So it it, it, it it's a. I I find it appropriate to be on this list because yeah, it does okay. feel I like do this that. is relevant. And the last I a, one, I have a question though about. Oh, go that. ahead. How I find this interesting with a, like is it is it how do you say that word? Sorry, var. That's how. So I've heard you it say it. You say it as var, not var. Well, I really how I does... would say it as VAR, but I've heard the media continuously saying VAR, so I've started saying right. VAR as well because I'll just go with whatever other people do. Don't you find it interesting when acronyms become pronounced as words? Is it a GIF or a GIF? Oh, always a GIF. It is it's always a G. A it's a it's a G. <laughs> G G GIF G G GIF, like the word gift <laughs> yeah. without the T. True. Maybe the wrong question to ask a word nerd. I've just realised. <laughs> okay. Oh, one more word from the Collins shortlist, okay. and then I'll move on to the Oxford list. And this one, I feel again so relevant. And it took me, I think, three months of everybody using it until I until I then googled what what it means. Gammon. Okay, I've seen this on the list. I've never heard anyone use it. I love it though. I love the meaning of it. People use it on Twitter. Oh, it's no, like, I've never heard it used. Have I heard it used? Maybe because I've been to I've been to the the um, People's Vote March, and mm. at the People's Vote March, I think you may have heard someone using it, but not really. It's a derogatory term, really. And uh, if you're not from the UK, this is really this is super Britain specific. So gammon is this type of meat, really, that is quite pink, and the. Term gammon in the, I think maybe this year, last year, has started to be used for, and I'm going to read out the dictionary description, a person, typically male, middle-aged and white, with reactionary views, especially who, one who supports the withdrawal of Britain from the European Union. 
And the implication with the pinkness there, I think, is that um, Brits are often very pale and rosy-cheeked. Is that it? I think possibly. I think also it's like what you're having for dinner when you go to the pub. Ham, ah. egg and chips. And that ham in that situation would be a gammon, I think. Oh, So it so would be it... like slices of big, thick gammon ham. Yeah. So I think it's perhaps like a kind of, you look like a gammon, you eat gammon, <laughs> you're a gammon. I think it's that, which is quite interesting. And like you say, it's obviously quite derogatory. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a nice word, but I, it's a nice word to say, gammon. 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 You, you can see... you. You can see how it became an insult because it sounds so like, oh, you gammon, you gammon. It's got that, that sort of satisfying, duh, when you, when you say it. So if you're annoyed at someone, you can imagine it's that, oh, you're such a gammon. You, 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 you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's quite plosive, I think might be the linguistic IPA-esque term. Yeah, gammon. But I'm sure in Germany, we used to have a shower gel called gammon. Really? I don't know. I don't, this feels to me like, I don't, I'm, I, okay, listeners, Google it. Tell me if I'm right. Or if you're German, do you remember that we used to have a shower gel called gammon? I know when I found out what gammon means, I was very confused and disappointed. Yeah. So gammon is also on the shortlist for the Oxford Dictionary Words of the Year, which okay. are selected in a similar way. And I feel like the Oxford shortlist is maybe a bit more trendy And um, to me, it feels like, again, even more culturally relevant. Obviously, I can't quite, you know, we're not going to go through all of them because we'll have just a a British um, episode and we've got lots of other countries to run through. But uh, words in common on the shortlist are gammon and gaslighting. The shortlist also includes incel. Oh, I watched a little YouTube documentary about incels. Interesting, interesting. Mm. And I feel like that, again, that's a good one too, because there was a shooting in Toronto. Mm, mm. Was it a shooting or a car attack? I can't remember, but yeah, it was It was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. It was very, very brutal. Um, and yeah, everybody rest in peace. And the person, um, what do you do with an attack? You- Responsible. Yes, responsible for the attack, mm. committing the attack. Yeah. Um, self-identified as a member of some community called the incels, so involuntary celebrants, basically people who can't get laid. And this, it, there's another rude word in this, or very, I mean, not really rude, and that is a BDE. Do you know what BDE stands for? Yeah, but I, I'm not quite sure I know what it means. So it stands for Big Dick Energy. And I also am not entirely sure what it means. I think what it means, because it says here, an attitude of understated and casual confidence. Ah, okay. So I think it's... Can it apply to male and female? Yes, because... Can it? Wow. Interesting. Because I thought, actually, I don't know. But yeah, no, as, as a female, you, you, I feel like as a female, you want to, you want to claim some, some BDE, not that you can really imagine what it's like. I don't know. Interesting question. Interesting question. Save that one for women in language. And, <laughs> and the actual word of the year, though, there's none of that, um, 
internetness to it, but it's, I find it absolutely fascinating. I think it's a really great choice because, and it says it is, it has added many strings to its bow and it is the sheer scope of its application as found by Oxford's research that made this word the standout choice for word of the year title. And that word is toxic. Mm. And it's, it then says here are, they listed the top 10 collocations. So a collocation is when two words appear habitually near each other. So they always come yeah. up together and then listed the top 10s. And what is the top number one word that you would put with toxic? I'm looking at the list, so it's unfair to answer. <laughs> chemical, by any chance? Yeah, chemical. <laughs> toxic chemical. And it says toxic chemical is particularly relevant to, and again, in Britain, more relevant than ever, um, to the mm. nerve agent, nerve, nerve agent, toxic chemical huh? <laughs> that was used because we've had we've had some poisoning cases in the UK this year and this, they have been very heavily political and it was sort of you know there's different suspicions and it's funny because when I was thinking about the year like what happened this year I kept thinking Salisbury Cathedral because there was that really funny in unintentionally funny interview with the the suspects who were saying oh yes we went to we went to yeah. Salisbury because we want to see the 123 high meter high spire of the cathedral sort of this very robotic not a reason why anybody goes anywhere really to see the spire of a cathedral but mm. that made me think about that so that's a case that's really been in the consciousness of people and then the second collocation of toxic is nothing to do at all with gas or anything it is toxic masculinity interesting i think this is why because it's now got like a sort of double-edged meaning yeah so yeah we're thinking about toxic and environment and the chemical stuff but then also it's got this like toxic masculinity relationship side that's given it that double meaning that's probably meant it became word of the year right Yes, exactly. Toxic, poisonous. And then it, it also, you know, it, it goes on like sort of toxic gas, toxic environment, toxic culture, you know, and then you can start, start talking about toxic work environment, for example. And then it goes to toxic waste again. So it keeps going back and forth between the, the physical and then the metaphorical world that, that, that we live in and sort of how we describe things. I think as a you know, as a word nerd, I, I applaud this choice. I think it's a really great choice. Mm. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, if, you, if you're in Salisbury and you've been caught doing, potentially doing some negative stuff with some toxic chemicals and stuff like that, and then you're trying to think of an alibi and you're saying, I've gone to visit the tallest sphere of a cathedral or whatever mm -hmm. why wouldn't you just say like Salisbury's really close to Stonehenge why wouldn't you just say oh, I came to visit Stonehenge that classic British <laughs> monument that's on all of the posters next to Buckingham Palace is it because your assassin handlers didn't tell you about that bit I mean it doesn't take much research it takes more research to find out about the spire surely sorry little little side note <laughs> True, true. And if you are visiting Salisbury, do check out Stonehenge, which is very nearby. I didn't really know. Well, that I mean, either. and the cathedral spire. Oh, ah, indeed, obviously, indeed. <laughs> and leave your toxics at home. <laughs> at home. <laughs> and you, Lindsay, you found another word of the year that's also British, did you? 
Yeah, so um, Oxford again, I believe. Yeah, Oxford Dictionaries for Children mm -hmm. team up with BBC Radio 2 for a children's writing competition, I believe, called 500 Words. And their word of the year from from the uh, the stories that children wrote in 2018 is, what do you think? Children in 2018 are writing stories about... Um, like like Disney princesses, I think. Maybe like, no, I think Frozen is kind of over now, isn't it? So maybe not Frozen. But you you are so behind the child times. <laughs> <laughs> Frozen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, um. Oh. Um. Like like Harry Potter. Everybody's always on about Harry Potter. Okay, maybe when I was a child, but mm. it's still popular, so mm. not a bad guess. I should be nicer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I would it's think nothing to, Potterhead could be a word, but that's not Potterhead. a word children use. No, it, it, no, you're way off. I'm going to have to tell you. Okay, it's okay. Plastic. Oh, as in single use? As in single use, yeah. As in toxic chemicals in the environment, plastic. And... It, it, there's, do you want me to give you some facts about this from the competition? Yeah, go. So the word plastic appeared a total of 3,359 times in the stories from 2018. Mm -hmm. It was often shown with um, words such as bag, bottle, rubbish, ocean, fish, waste and pollution. So again, influenced by Absolutely. the Blue, Blue Planet 2 from David Attenborough. Yeah. Um, do you want to see some examples? This is these are some examples from the children's stories of the use of plastic. This is so interesting. I think okay. it's Yes, yeah, go tell me. So, please listen to me. Sea animals are dying because of you and your plastic. Nets get caught around dolphins' necks. Plastic used for glass bottles gets tangled around sea turtles' shells. Well, aside from the uh plastic used like, for glass bottles. <laughs> yeah. Aside from that, Save the Planet, Boy 7, makes a good point. Um, another one. My name is Steve and I'm a plastic cola bottle. That's from the story Cola Journey by Girl 10. And this one I like in particular. Reaching the surface, I found it filled with my kind. Empty bottles bobbed on the surface like rubber ducks. Bags of different sizes and colours floating like jellyfish, killing and collecting helpless sea life. A blanket of plastic suffocating the ocean. None of us belong here. Misplaced by Girl 8. Girl 8 has eight, a way with wrote that. Wow. Yeah, right? Wow. She There's, is a writer. Even some of the titles. So some of the titles of the stories had the word plastic in. Yeah. One title, plastic, 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 which I quite like. Mm -hmm, One true. of them you were saying about Frozen, so not too bad. One of them was the plastic fairy. So still a bit of, uh, you know, fairy tale stuff going on in there. And I like this one in particular, very sort of Roald Dahl influenced, I think. Professor Egotit and the fantastic sewer, sewage scooper pooper sucker rupper. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's another title. It doesn't have plastic in, so I'm not sure how it got on the board. Maybe it was just a good one. And names as well in the stories. Again, this is, this is still quite interesting. What do you think are some of the most popular names of characters that featured in the story? So fictional characters. And then famous people that aren't fictional that featured in the stories of these children. Mm, British children are thinking about. I'll give you one. You said Harry Potter, right? Yeah. 
That was in 629 stories. Okay. Good shout. Good shout. I was uh, too cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I really don't know. I really don't know. I'm already, I'm just, I'm so fascinated by, it, it, it makes me aware of like, I think we had this whole single use debate. A lot of it was um, aided by the fact that it was cute. It was talking about animals and, you know, there's, there's this sort of cuteness and innocence and, and you realize much more what you're harming. Mm. Mm, but I, I couldn't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So I'll give you the top three names for fictional characters. Santa, Cinderella, Zeus. Oh, classics right yeah pretty pretty solid pretty classic top 10 famous people that are appearing in the children's stories Ed Sheeran from... no not on the list uh, Harry Styles <laughs> not on the list I'm just naming people under 30 now <laughs> <laughs> the top one is actually very much over 30 okay I don't know Donald Trump Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Children are thinking about Donald Trump. This, again, it just goes to show even and, and how much the data is revealing about what we're thinking. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, right? Wowzer. Fascinating. Yes. Fascinating. I did consider this... saying Theresa May. Is Theresa May in there? Theresa May is not in there. The top five well, she's not looks like, like this. No, she's a supply teacher. The top five goes like this. Donald Trump, Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel <laughs> Messi... Hitler <laughs> and Dave and David Walliams. Just men. Just men. Mm, the Queen Elizabeth, Cleopatra, and Queen Victoria do make an appearance in the top ten. At some point. Okay, good, good, good. That's uh, basically historical figures, dead women. So well, except oh, no. for, I mean Queen Elizabeth, no. It actually has a whole bit about this. So it says mentions of women in history have increased thirty-three percent in twenty eighteen from twenty seventeen mm. and occur in stories by boys and girls. That makes more sense. That makes sense again because this has been a year that there has been a, a lot of literature, particularly aimed at young people, talking about, you know, more women in history. And there's been this sort of move towards talking about historical figures who are female. So again, but what I find fascinating about this is how 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 aware this makes you that the adult world really, really, really is the world that our children live in as well and how much they are perceiving and how much sense they're making of everything. And mm. they don't just live in Harry Potter world. Wow. Lindsay, it's time to move on to America, I think, and to okay. Australia. Australia, okay. which I'm still trying to say. Okay, so uh, neither of these, neither of the big American World of the Year curations awards have been released yet the first one is the american dialect society and they don't release their word of the year until january so they actually unlike the um, super quick brits they actually wait until the year is over so listeners look out <laughs> in january but we do have the 2017 american dialect society word which is not going to be a huge surprise so i'm not going to spend too much time on it Lindsay, you know what the word was it was fake news Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense, right? Makes sense. Makes sense. The interesting thing I found about the American Dialect Society is that their nominations list, which again you can find in the show notes, fluent.show slash 114, their nominations list is split into categories. So they've got different kinds of words of the year suggestions. And I've written down the categories. And I want to share these with you because I think they're, they're excellent and they're very modern. So they okay. have 
political, digital, right. a digital word of the year. Very, very yeah. interesting. Uh, slang slash informal. Okay. Most useful. Okay. Most creative. Hmm. Euphemism of the year. Right. The shortlist last year, for example, included alternative news. That's a euphemism. Uh, oh, alternative facts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then um, the double, WTF word of the year. They had a, a nomination for that. <sighs> so that's things like, do you remember Coffefi? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was on that list. Um, the hashtag of the year. Which I find wow. super topical. Yeah, and it's different from the digital word of the year. So hashtag word of the year. So I guess a digital word of the year might be cryptocurrency and a hashtag of the year might be what? Me too. Although mm-hmm. Me too is very last year now. And they've got the emoji of the year as well. You'll be pleased to hear, Lindsay. Oh, emoji of the year. What was emoji of the year last year? The emoji of the year last year, they had only three nominations. And uh-huh. there's one... The letters I M and then a peach. Okay. In peach, get it? Oh. <laughs> then there is a lady in a hijab. Okay. Or a lady wearing a headscarf, uh, because I think that was a new one at the time. And the last one, which I I've never seen this used. I've never seen this used. Maybe it's very American. I don't know. Uh, a picture of a goat, an emoji of a goat. An emoji of a goat is that? That's got to be a euphemism in itself, right? It, what does that mean? It stands for greatest of all time. Oh, yeah, okay. never heard that before. Never heard that before. No. But yeah, I think my favorite, my favorite is definitely the euphemisms of the year. That list was just it made me laugh so much because alternative facts, and then it included avocado toast. Wait, what's that a euphemism for? A minor indulgence for which people unfairly judge others. Especially millennials. Oh. <laughs> okay. And then finally, uh, problematic, which I think is a, is a great word it's, and, and has really changed. The use of it has changed. Yeah, that's one that's become, I feel like, very overused. Mm, do you think? Do you think? I think, this is, I think that's why I struggle with gaslighting because I feel like it's suddenly gone from not being in my sort of range of words at all to suddenly it's like, pew, 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 pew. Yeah. and that's like, whoa, hang on. It's sort of, there's a certain, sometimes it feels like people really enjoy using a word and it's yeah. partly because, but it must be because they finally, it finally hits on something that you finally didn't have. Finally has a word. Yes. So, yeah. Like yeah. trigger. Trigger is like that as well. Yes. That suddenly appeared of like, now this word has this whole new meaning and God damn it, we're going to use it. Exactly. Know? Oh, yeah. So let's have a let's have a, a a little wander, a little stroll through a few more words of the year, and include some foreign languages as well because you know we're the fluent show. So 2017 Merriam-Webster American Word of the Year was feminism. Okay, nice, interesting, and obviously another product of the world that we live in. We're in a, I think third wave would have been a cool sort of inclusion to that one. So feminism was there. The 2017 word of the year in Portugal from mm. Porto Editora was, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, incendios. Like fires. 
Fires, yeah. Forest fires. Because they had a lot of wildfires. I think that was a, an unusual right. thing in Portugal. So, it again, how one word can sum up what really mattered in one year. It's it's unbelievable. And then I've got obviously the German ones and you've got the French ones. I don't know what the French ones were. So the German 2017 word of the year, the German word of the year was, and I, I think I will have to like really explain that one. It is... Jamaica or Jamaica aus. So it's Jamaica dash aus. Okay, yeah, you definitely have to explain. Yeah, it's like Like Jamaica out. Jamaica out, Jamaica over. And it is because when we had, Germany last year had an election and at the end of the election, some parties together tried to make a coalition because we didn't really get a majority that was sort of, like in Germany, we, we never... It's not like America or England where we have like one party wins or the other. We tend to have a few parties all getting a big share and they tend to all get together and say, okay, we'll teamwork this. We'll do a coalition here. And they tried to make a coalition out of parties that together where the colors make up the flag colors of Jamaica. So we had. No way. Yeah, we had red for the uh, socialist Democrats or social Democrats. We had green for the. FDP, so essentially our Lib Dem version. Uh, green, sorry, yellow. <laughs> and then we had green for the greens. Oh, so not that's fascinating. So it's not actually Jamaican flag colours, it's like Rastafarian colours. But and then but also the term, black. Oh, also black. Oh, also okay. black. Also black because of the CDO. So basically they tried to all work together and that didn't really work. They tried to make it work, they couldn't make it work, and that's why it's a Jamaica house. And it was a huge thing that went on for a long, long time and really um, was quite angst-filled sort of speech about can we ever get some kind of effective government going here or what? And are we going to have to do the whole election again or what is happening? So there was a lot of, it was very shaky times, very shaky times at the time. Interesting. Mm, So Jamaica House, again, really, you know, like sums up about something that you couldn't say in in less than 40 words otherwise and, yeah. and the Germans they go all out they have an unword. what does that mean okay so the German uh, word of the year is um, it has been running it's a long long running one I think the Germans arguably started it and Duden dictionaries do the do the word of the year and the unword of the year together with the Society for the Language of Germany for the German language and the unword of the year is has only been around since 1991. It's funny, okay. isn't it? It's kind of like a political correctness thing almost, you, you could argue. And it is something that is factually completely inappropriate and potentially would... Um, it, in Germany, we have this expression, the, 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 the dignity of a human. Dimensionwürde, so essentially would would go against humanity. It's sort of it's that's like an inhuman word to use. So they're very very often described so like offensive words. Yes, offensive words, words that just don't that just dehumanize. You know, they they just take something away from people, really. And mm. so, for example, uh, we had what's a good one. We had, well, actually, the 2017 one is Alternative Fakten. Ah. Right? That's easy to figure out. It's Alternative I Facts. I wasn't far off, was I, with my gaslighting? <laughs> Alternative Fakten. That's very, very true. 
<laughs> so so this is the thing. It's like alternative facts. And then the year before that, it's Volksverräter, which is um, traitors of the people, people who commit treason of the people. But the way it's used, it's like it, it said that I remember the politician who used it. Um, if you say that word in Germany, you're kind of making you're kind of very close to making a, a Hitler reference or using a word that is essentially was used in that time and we don't do that. Right. You know, yeah. so so it's like it was such a big deal and these kind of words, they're like such a big deal and they're so out of order. So I think that's really the thing. It's like so out of order uh-huh. that you just, you, you, you call it the unword of the year. So Germans say, have to go one step further seemingly and do that. And then we also have the youth word of the year and I don't know what the German youth word I mean, what? I've never heard this word before. And half of the list is just me going like, what, 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 what? <laughs> so it's sort of youth. It, they, they document youth language as well. So is yeah. it Harry Styles? No, it's um, Ehrenmann or Ehrenfrau, which is not a very complicated word. It just means like a woman of honor or a man of honor. And you okay. use it if somebody has done something nice for you, apparently. But I wouldn't... You know, it, it wouldn't be in my German vocabulary. It's a youth word. Mm. Yeah. What about France? Well, France, I found a whole website dedicated to the mot de l'année. Mot de l'année. Um, and they've already picked theirs for 2018. Oh, nice. So there's a word of, from the jury, and mm. then there's one from the public and proposed by the young people of Nivre region. Um I don't know why in particular they picked that region. I don't know if they change the region each year or something. I'm not sure. So the word of the year of the jury is, any guesses? No, I wouldn't know what France cared about. this year. Oh, actually, maybe. So they've got Macron. That was last year. And he had a, and then this year they had a presidential election, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything to do with Okay, so it's not, not political, not political. I don't think so. Uh, femme. Femme? No, woman. Yeah. Femme, woman. Huh, okay. Oh, so it's a bit like feminism, femme. Interesting, femme. yes. Um, and then the word of the year of the public proposed by the youth is métissage. Métis- what does that mean? How, what is the background there? So, métissage. it means kind of like mixed interbreeding race mixing like i don't know the politically correct term but that's the one that's come up as the most common sort of translation but i've got some examples i use lingui.com which i think is quite good if you get a word like this and you're like hmm that doesn't sound right you know i would never use the word interbreeding in english it doesn't sound very nice so what would i use instead and it gives you examples from real French on the internet. So, for example, le métissage n'est pas un état permanent, mais c'est un processus qui a permis de reconnaître la multi-apparence et da, 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 da. And then it says on the translation, racial mixing is not a permanent condition, but a process that has made it possible to acknowledge a sense of multiple belonging. I mean, it all sounds very negative. You know, mixed African, like métissage africain et indigène, mixed African and indigenous heritage, um, racial mix, mixed backgrounds, you know, blend of many cultures, a melding of diverse cultures. And it, it begins to sound a bit like, oh, what's the, you know, what's the nice way to say this? So this word metissage, you think, is this a good word? Actually, when you read what the, what the youth say about this. Yeah. This is what they say. So they say metissage, 
um, means a mixture of different things, different people, uh, diverse cultural issues. It's also the union of all people. So a, you know, coming together of different cultures. Um, Today, the country is a palette of different people, a metissage, a symbol of that with the Olympic Games, um, bringing together athletes. And it talks about athletes coming together for... um, from the two Koreas, from North and South Korea. Oh, yes. And how it's, you know, they're, you know, um, up until now, enemies that are accepting their differences, the metissage. So it's kind of puts it into a very positive light rather than just this kind of, oh, it's used in a negative, you know, negative sense. It's saying, you know, in our college, we're all, we're all kind of experiencing this metissage. We're all different, but we're all the same. And I think it's, it's quite a beautiful thing for, you know, for for the youth to to say that is is quite nice. Is it like what was intended with melting pot a while ago? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Métissage. I like it. I like it. Oh, bravo les Français. I like it. <laughs> M- melting pot, métissage. How interesting. How interesting. And it just, I love how these show what's on people's mind. Okay, you know a place where I, I you'd think you'd know what's on people's minds, but actually with the words of the year... I've got no clue what's happening. Australia. Okay. Australia. What are they talking about? I'm going to read you the Australian Natural National Dictionary Centre Word of the Year. That's a 2017 version. And uh, it is quasi. Quasi? Quasi. Like K-W-A-U-S-S-I-E. So it's like an Aussie. But okay. a, a, a quasi. What does that mean? I am not entirely sure. Like I googled it, and then I, I actually googled what the, what does quasi mean, and I still can't quite. Is it is it to do with? Is it to do oh, with being a okay. Kiwi Aussie? I've just found out. Yes, yeah, it's a blend of Kiwi and Aussie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a blend of Kiwi and Aussie, and I don't know why that is, but it just it just goes to show, like. What, what I've no idea why or how or you know like it really is the words that I I don't know why this is relevant and then this goes on in the next few words which are from the Macquarie Dictionary which is the Australian Dictionary and their words that they have a jury choice and a what is it a jury choice and a people's choice for the word of the year and okay. their committee's choice was again don't know why. Don't know how. If you know, listeners, please send me a message uh, or send us a message. Let us know. It was milkshake duck. Uh, okay. Do you, have you ever heard this? Yes. Milkshake duck was like a tweet. What? Um, someone said, here it is. Someone tweeted out, the whole internet loves milkshake duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you the duck is racist. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so i think the whole the whole point of milkshake duck is like saying you know when you get someone like that suddenly becomes like viral and like instant fame mm-hmm. and then is adored and then all of a sudden it's like oh no they have a a bad past oh. <laughs> so it's like oh no yeah the sudden change we thought they were good but they're not this is basically every plot ever in house of cards Ah, uh, okay. Yes. And then the people's choice was a framily. 
So it's that's that's another portmanteau. They they like portmanteaus down there, right? Quasi, family, and um, the family is basically a family made up when your friends are your family. So a, gr- oh, okay. a group, group of people who are not your blood relatives, but they're your intimate network. They're your fam. So I don't know. Is this how we people people say fam? Fam, I think, is. I mean. I think I use it wrong. I use it to mean family, like in a sort of jokey way, like, oh, just going to message your fam. Uh, but I think that it means like, I don't think it just means family. I think it is like your friends. But yeah, family I've never heard, but that's because I'm not in Australia. That's right. So Australia, completely different. Again, a completely different consciousness. And then we've got to give an honorable mention and you have to give an explanation to me of what Japan has going on because they don't do word of the year. Oh no, what do they do? Mm, so Japan do kanji of the year, which started in 95. And then they, uh, oh, okay, cool. And they, they pick the winner on the 12th of December, which is kanji day. So we're still a little early. They haven't picked the winner yet for this year. But what is interesting, and I was explaining this to you, Kirsten, before we went on air, is that actually by having a kanji of the year, you're, you know, you're limiting it to just words that have kanji, which is quite interesting. So, for example, Trump, like we saw in the kids' words, you know, the famous character in the kids' books, couldn't really be the uh, the, the kanji of the year because that would be, you know, Trumpu would be in katakana which is a whole different Japanese alphabet system. So it's quite interesting. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you need, it, like it needs saying, to be a Japanese culture, a word that originates in, in essentially in the culture of Japan, in the world of, of Japan. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know how we've got a lot of them coming up and they're quite sort of, you know, words sort of put together and squashed and made into one word yeah that would be quite difficult to do because you don't necessarily have a kanji for that and i'm not sure how you know if if the japanese create new kanji i don't think so not as far as i know but it's interesting because then they give so they pick this one kanji you know how we were saying it's very representative the idea of a word of the year it becomes this this kind of um yeah word that represents a whole year of of time in a place well in japan it it seems to be very much the case so for example in 2017 the word was kita which means north well sorry the kanji was kita which means north and there's a few things they've got linked here on wikipedia so you can check this out for yourself as well north korea's missile tests and nuclear tests the heavy rain in northern kyushu and the poor harvest of potatoes in hokkaido so all things that happened north 2016 you're right. So 2016, this is why I mentioned about the idea of, um, of, of Turampu, right? The word was kin, meaning gold. And it gives a few, quite a few reasons, actually. High number of gold medals at the 2016 Rio Olympics. The shift to minus interest. The interest rate in Japan, in Japanese is kinri. Um, Trump's US presidential election victory because he has blonde hair, which is Kinpatsu, and Pico Taro, singer of PPA, PPAP, who's known for wearing a gold-colored animal print outfit. And it's the third time that gold became the kanji of the year. Wow. Gosh, I like this. I like this. I, lo- I love the 
it, it's like the it's like toxic right it's it's how you have one yeah. thing but it relates to it sort of transcends so life much. oh yeah they're artful yeah. in japan so kanji of the year listeners look out for it on the 12th of december which is world what did you say world kanji day yeah kanji well i don't know if it's world but yeah kanji day 12th of december fabulous fabulous well this is this is already such a i just love the power of word of the year to sum up and review and give us a sense of what a year was about and it really is when you when we look back at older words of the years just like you say it makes us it just makes us aware of what was on our minds at that time and i have something else that that goes in a similar way and then we shall continue we shall conclude with our personal words of the year for 2018 in brackets so far in brackets um but yeah so <laughs> did you know that google have you heard of google trends Yes. Yes. So Google Trends, uh, listeners, in case you've never heard of it, it's at trends.google.com. And you can look at how the popularity of specific Google searches changes. So, for example, a word like or a, a word like what? Fake news uh, or a collocation like fake news. Fake and news would have never appeared together until suddenly it started getting used. And then it shot up. So if you type fake news into Google trends it will bring up a trend line and show you when it became popular it's very very interesting if you're having a debate with your friends about how a specific word is used or what a word is so try gaslighting and see and it shows you when those words were popular now google trends does a google trends summary of the year and it's difficult to kind of bring this bring this together because they just do it so um they they obviously have probably got more data than everyone so they really 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 know what's on our minds and they show you what the most searched search terms were in different ways and two interesting things here is number one uh the american google trends of the year so if you go to the website which i'm going to put in the show notes and it, it so far again it, it gives you the year in searches in 2017 the united states searches Lindsay, do you want to guess what the most searched terms were? Was in twenty eighteen? Yeah, um, twenty seventeen. So this is oh twenty seventeen. Yeah, extra challenge. Okay. Oh, it's last not- year, maybe probably something to do with like migrant border border. It's it's not border, although it does later. Like it really gives you a lot of different wall. things. Wall, wall, <laughs> not not wall. I think there is something like what will the wall cost or something. I, I saw that somewhere. But okay. the no, the number one search is actually Hurricane Irma. Oh, really? Yeah. So I guess something people want information about. Yeah. Hurricane Irma. Um, also among these were um, Las Vegas shooting, sad but true. Mm. Uh, solar eclipse, which the USA had last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and fidget spinner. Yeah, bang on trend. <laughs> bang Do on trend. Dab. And uh, one thing I really enjoyed was um, they also, like in the American version, really there was such a range of countries. So in any of your target languages, like I couldn't find it in Welsh, but for example, for Germany, you could look at what people searched for in Germany and it gives you a sense and it sort of has the headlines in the target language as well. So what a wonderful way of, you know, researching culturally and perhaps take this to your next um 
to your next online lesson to have a conversation about. So one thing I really loved in America is they've got a, a category. They've got lots of different categories, like the most searched car brands, the most searched athletes, um, the most searched, the, the, the most searched items searched together with the word calories. Food. Yeah, yeah. So it was like which foods? So people, oh. people, you know how in Google you might type in blah 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 calories. Freak shake. Yeah, you're not far off in America. Really? They type freak shake. Unicorn frappuccino. Ah, uh, okay. I don't yeah, know what yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. but people want to know how many calories yeah. were in that thing. It was a Starbucks drink. Was it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there is that, and then when you sort of go all right to the bottom of the American list, suddenly it goes, como. Donde equipos de fútbol películas que es wow. yes and it, it, um what is DACA and que es DACA were both extremely fast extremely commonly searched in 2017 but I just thought that was really really great so the American listings also contain Spanish searches because Spanish is so widely spoken and so widely searched and used in the USA. Mm. So and the USA doesn't actually have an official language, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's and interesting. The worldwide, the worldwide top three search terms were Hurricane Irma last year, followed by iPhone eight, followed by iPhone ten. So if you want to know what the state of the Earth is, wow. that is the state of the Earth. That's what people. Are. That's well, amazing. <laughs> I love that it's eight and ten. Is there no iPhone nine? There isn't. Is skipped. A number and gone straight to 10? Yeah, they did. Oh, okay. That's why no one cares about iPhone 9 then. That's probably good because otherwise Emma might not get a look in. (laughs) Imagine if the search also included, why is there no iPhone 9? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like iPhone 9. So, Lindsay, there's only one way of concluding this episode of our stroll through the many, many, many different words of the year. And that is to ask ourselves what might be our personal words of the year or what are words of the year that are words that feel like they sum up 2018 what do you think do you think we could do it Mm, okay yeah just don't go too it's hard it's so hard okay yes and listeners please you know leave us leave us comments or send send in your comments and tell us on instagram i'm going to put a post up on instagram at kirsten fluent and you can find me using the hashtag the fluent show and you can find me on twitter as well at the fluent show and of course in the facebook group fluent language learners so on all of the social media or well three of the social media (laughs) you can find the fluent show i would absolutely love to know what is your word of the year 2018? Well, I have two to share with you. Actually, I have, I have three. I kind of cheated. Okay. So I guess I have a short list. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go first then? Yes. Okay. So f- for language learning and fluent, I thought about what, what changed or what, what have I done this year? What have I done differently? What have I thought about? And my word of the year that I have really thought about a lot and I have changed my mind, not my mind, but I've learned so so much more than I ever knew before, is immersion. Oh. Yeah. You know how I did did my first language retreat? Yeah. I saw it there and did did a lot of research on like story-based learning as I was making German Uncovered and sort of thinking about it and I used to think very skeptically about immersion not that I thought it doesn't work but I just didn't want to 
I didn't know where to put it. I knew it's important, but I didn't know how to really handle it because I so often see it used as this sort of, well, this is the only way to do it and it must cure all and it just means, you know, like helicoptering into a different country. And this year I felt differently. I felt I saw it work in new environments through the language retreats, for example, and it really changed how I think about what can be achieved in this way. So immersion is my language word of the year, language word of the year. Interesting. Yeah. Last year it would have been habit, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about okay. you? So, okay. So wait, is, is that your, do you have more? I have culture ones. Yes. Cultural ones that I feel I've just seen everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think my kind of personal one might be, and I'm breaking every British bone in my body to say it, oh. but turtle. Turtle? Yeah. Or tortuga because... Like, so, you know, like British English, there's like, there's turtle, there's tortoise, there's terrapin, right? But I'm going to say turtle because it fits. So we went, actually, it was the end. It was like just before Christmas last year. And we went to the beach in Nicaragua and we saw sea turtles hatching and being, eggs being laid. And it was magic and it was my dream and it happened and it was so exciting. And then actually it was, it was a few weeks later. Um, we then went to Galapagos and saw, um giant tortoises in the wild and that was just again like life dream amazing i could happily just spend my days just sitting and watching so that would be my probably my personal word and then came home gonzo's here yeah turtle i like it i like it turtle is Lindsay's word of the year do you have anything that was particularly stood out to you culturally Mm, it's hard because my year was so like broken up into chunks mm-hmm. of like um like we were we we were in sort of latin america then asia then home so it's all quite bitty so i don't know there's nothing that stands out like across everywhere we've been mm-hmm. for the whole year do you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's it's hard it's hard to think of just one thing mm. which is why i settled on on turtle it's more a bit personal but there's nothing there's nothing that really stands out maybe maybe vegan maybe i vegan. would say vegan gluten-free my goodness and <laughs> and that's only since we've been home that like everywhere you go it is vegan and it's gluten-free and it's dairy free and it's everything free. Yeah. Everywhere. Free. <laughs> which wasn't which it wasn't anywhere else most of the year. No, it might have not even been when you left. Like things weren't vegan when you yeah. left. Not a vegan. Yeah, and that is something that has been a change that I've noticed. So maybe that would be it for me. Mm. I've got two. And okay. the the first one is anxiety. Mm. I feel like I have just seen that used more in, in and especially in the in a, in a collocation of social but just generally people there's this conversation now about this this mental state and it sort of goes together with mental health which brings up one of my absolute bugbears is when people use mental health to describe mental illness like if you yeah, yeah like you know like people people really struggle with mental health it's like no they don't that people don't struggle with health anyway this is me being very I'm going to cut this out, or maybe not. Who knows, listeners? You'll you'll know eventually. But anxiety, I feel, is a word that has been that has been around a lot, and it's it's funny because it sort of sums up 
to times we live in. Oh. And my second one, I, I don't know if this is a word of the year or just the word of November, but it feels yeah. like it feels so relevant right now. Uh, it's the word backstop. Backstop. What does that mean? See, I didn't, I didn't know what backstop means before. Really, yeah, yeah. Before, before now, and it is extremely relevant now because it, they're talking about it when they together with Northern Ireland. It's a big Brexit word. It's, okay, it's something that could make or break whether Brexit works out this this month, next month, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we're coming to sort of Brexit crunch time now. So backstop is becoming, it's just in everybody's, in everybody's mouth, the word. Oh. And it means a system that will come into effect if no other arrangement is made. Oh, wow. So like a like plan a backup, B. A backup plan. Yeah. yeah. But for some reason, everybody started calling it a backstop. I don't How know. strange. I know. It is weird what sometimes catches on, isn't it? It is absolutely weird. And it just, I love how it shows what we're thinking about. Yeah. How we're putting how we're putting words together to to express how we're feeling, what we're thinking, and how often it's like you say with gaslighting and with triggering, how sometimes a word can capture something that just seems to catch something in people where they feel like, yeah, that's it. That's that's what I've been talking about as well. And people and then it feel becomes- becomes annoying then i find when it's <laughs> o- the sort of overuse and then you're just like oh stop using that word that i don't really know what it means you know yeah there's stages the stages yeah 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 and i guess it's 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 part of this world where where new feelings and new identities are being seen and recognized so i'm thinking transgender didn't used to be recognized in the way that that we do now or we accept that this is we accept and we recognize this is a thing maybe not everybody accepts but we all recognize this is a thing that's happening this is something that we want to talk about and pay attention to and it's important to to humans to be seen and it's important to have to have words and to to capture what it is that we're feeling and I think maybe with some of these words we're in that and it does go in stages and maybe in three years gaslighting will both it won't be overused but it also won't be exactly un- unusual it will just be yeah exactly and it, yeah you're, you're, you're right so yeah it's like a trend and then it peaks and then it sort of becomes either regular regularly used or it just fizzles and fades like looking at the the lists of some of the words from uh, from the past you think oh yeah no no one uses that word anymore <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah they, they do fade away some of them fade away some stay and become just no big deal mm, mm. fascinating so between our turtles and our anxiety and feelings our feelings and thoughts about immersion and vegan I'm going to wrap it up and first of all, wish you guys, listeners, we're, we're coming into the one of my favorite periods of the year, which is sort of wrap up year review period. <laughs> I really love it very, very much. And like I said, start thinking about what your word of the year might be. What what might sum up a lot of your experience of the year? I would love to hear it. Love to hear your stories and do share them with us. And as always, you can write to Kirsten at fluentlanguage.co.uk or even why not leave us your word of the year in a review over on iTunes, maybe with some stars, ideally with five stars. We would love that. You'd be supporting Fluent Show 
doesn't cost you anything except a little bit of time and a little little favor that you could do us. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with bumper edition, words of the year, award-winning words, Google Trends. Go out there, have a look at your words of the year and share what you find. And Lindsay, yes. it's time to say goodbye, I guess. It's goodbye from me. Goodbye and goodbye from Lindsay. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. Don't forget that you can send us your comments and questions to be answered on the show to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you. We read every message. Don't forget to review us. See you next week.